Well, this morning I wanted to start out, and I wanted, are you up for uh, a little game of Name That Tune? Sure, yeah, it's good. I know the choir's always up for Name That Tune. Uh, it's, it's, it's not Stump John, because you're going to know the, so John, let's, let's hear one, let's come play us a few bars of the first one. Oh, that's good, all right, all right. Can you all name that tune? Amazing Grace, that is good. You got that one down. All right, John, next one. Ah, that's good. All right. Now, you ready for the third one? This is the third and final one. You get this one, you win a prize. All right, here we go. I don't know. I don't know where that is in the hymn. That's in the, that's in the faith we sing someplace. <laughs> John. When John was in my office this when he played that on my desk, and uh, it was great. The whole it was. Thank you, John. <laughs> I, that was, so what's that one? Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's the theme. You know, whether you going back to the '60s and '70s, that was a theme song. Whether you're in the you know the 1990s, 2000, that's the theme song. We we know that song, and we know when we hear that song, we all kind of know how the plot's going to go. You know, you have the world, and it's becoming unraveled, by, you know, at the hand of some evil force, some evil powers. It's immense. We don't know what we're going to do. And then the hero is Tom Cruise or going back Peter Graves or Peter Lupus, you know, going way back. You know, they, they, get, you know, they get the mission, you know, but they, they get this message. The message always comes along with this little caveat. Y'all remember the caveat? Caveat that goes like this mission should you choose to accept it your mission should you choose to accept it and then the story unfolds from there you know when I come to the scripture this morning I think that's also where the scripture starts because we find ourselves in, in, in weeks after Easter, and, and what happened on Easter morning is that an angel came to the women and, and told the women that they were to go tell the disciples, go tell the eleven, well, you need to go from Jerusalem and you need to go north into the Galilee. Well, that's about 60 or 70 miles. You need to make that trip up into the mountains. And when you go up into the mountains, you, that's where you're going to see him. That's where you're going to meet Jesus. And so the disciples, they, you know, okay, we'll do that. And so they, they take off and, and they go up into the Galilee, up into the mountains. And, and I just kind of picture it as kind of a mountain retreat. You know, they're going off on retreat. And up there on retreat, they have this resurrection rendezvous with Jesus. And so there they are and it says that they're worshiping and I just kind of picture that up in the mountain. It'd be beautiful, worshiping. You're together there with Jesus, worshiping. And then maybe after worship, you eat some s'mores around the campfire. Now, that, now that's not in the scripture. But I kind of picture you know, it as a fellowship time. And, then they, and they start reminiscing about all the things that had happened in the, in the three years that they'd been together previously. They begin to talk about all the things that Jesus taught them. They began to remember how Jesus opened up his work. You know, I've come to bring good news to the poor and release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And it's to set at liberty the oppressed. 
And they remembered how Jesus painted that vision. And they remembered the beauty of the resurrection, about how the resurrection promises that love leads us into life. And that truth ultimately will triumph. And that hope, hope always overcomes. And that justice, justice prevails. And they, they gather and they remember that together. I can just see them remembering that together. And, and then as they remembered uh, together, it says that some doubted. You know, and, and I think, well, did they doubt that they were with Jesus? No, I, I don't think they doubted they were Jesus. Did they doubt that beautiful vision? I don't think they doubted the beautiful, beautiful vision. What I think they doubted was that that vision would ever come to reality. I think they looked at that vision and said, that, that's really beautiful. That whole thought of the kingdom, it, it's really beautiful. You know, you preached it. And we prayed it, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, that's how you taught us how to pray. And, and you know, we believe all that. But what we doubt is that that's ever going to happen. You know, because we all know how the world works, don't we? It's not about good news to the poor, <laughs> you know, and release to the captives. That's not how the world works. The world works by power image and with winners and with losers and so often the losers in that category are the poor are the captives are the blind are the oppressed and so the disciples doubted that things would ever change that's what I think they doubted they doubted that the vision would ever become a mission. And Jesus invites them to lean in. And when they lean in, he says this. I want to tell you, all authority has been given to me. I am in command. And I am in control. And don't make any mistake about that. And yes, the kingdom has not come. And that's the truth. But here's also the truth. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go. To go and make disciples of everyone you meet. And baptize them. And teach them. And know that as you do that, you can trust I'm with you. I've got your back. And I've got your front too. <laughs> I've, got, I've got you all the way around. No, I am with you always. To the close of the age. I think he invited the disciples to lean in and to listen to that. And I want to tell you, friends, Jesus still is in command. And Jesus still is in control. And the kingdom is still not yet come. And you know what that means? Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go and to make disciples of all nations. Go and make that difference. Go 
change the world. You know, it starts, it's beautiful the way it starts. I love, you know, Jesus says, oh, here's how it starts. On your mark, get set, go. That's right. On your mark, get set, go. You know, I think what he knew is that, you know, as beautiful as it was for the disciples to be there basking in the mountaintop retreat and how wonderful it was to, to be there in the presence of the risen Lord and how, I mean, I love being in the mountains and I love how you know, the maj- majesty of it all and everything. He knew that what was going to happen was that you're not going to change the world by staying on the mountaintop. He knew that. He knew that where you change the world is on the front line. Where you change the world is, is in the world that we live in day in and day out. The world that needs changing, that we know needs changing, and God knows that it needs changing. That's the world that Jesus, when he says go, that's what he's talking about. To them and to me and to you, the world that we know needs changing. He says go into that. And I, I appreciate that word go because I tell you as a person of faith and as a person who loves church, one of my favorite words about church is the word come. I love to come to church. And maybe you do too because you know, when we come, we're here with friends. I love that and I love worshiping and, and I love learning and I love growing and I love music. I mean, I just love coming. And Jesus, I think, would say, well, that's half of it. That's certainly not all of it, because what we do is we come so we can be prepared. We come so we can grow, and we grow so we can be ready to go. We come so that we can, can, can be, learn how to be disciples, so that we can go make disciples, because we're not you know, in that process of being made a disciple ourselves. It's really hard to say, well, I'm not doing this, but I want to do this for you. you know, we, got, we are part of being made into disciples so that we can go and make disciples. So Jesus says, hey, you know, it's wonderful to come, but when we come, know that the second half of that is to go. We come for the purpose of being strengthened to go in the purpose, to go in the vision. And when we go, what we do is we take the vision. Because for me, That's the difference. You know, you want to talk about making a difference in the life of the world, you have to know what difference are we talking about. The difference that the church makes is that the church has a different vision of life. That's the difference. I mean, that's the difference that we make. We have a vision of life that is the kingdom, that is God's love in Jesus Christ for, for all people. That does include the poor, that does include the oppressed, that does include the captive, that does include the blind, that does include the hungry and the homeless and the hurting and the least and the last and the lost and all that we say. It does include all. And so we have that heart and we have that vision and we know that this is what we distinctively offer as a church to a world that so often overlooks all of the above. And so what we do is we hold on to that vision and we say that this is what makes us different and this is the difference we have to make. And then we go and then we bring that out and as we bring that out, what the scripture says this morning is you start baptizing people with the vision. 
And that, for me, what that means is that when we come across people, when you come across someone, when I come across someone, what the privilege we have is we have the privilege of looking at them through that sight, through the, that lens of the kingdom, through that lens of Jesus' love, through that lens of, hey, this is what God would have for you. This is what the kingdom would be like for you. I mean, that's a different way of looking at people, and that's a different way of approaching life. And so what we're asked to do is to baptize people in that. And for me, what baptism means for us, kind of for you and me, as we go out into that world, is that we look at people that way. And then what we do is day by day, decision by decision, word by word, deed by deed, start pouring out. Pour on them the grace. You pour on them the vision. You pour on them the love. You pour on them what life would mean for them in Jesus Christ. You know, you pour it on them because I want to tell you the truth. Making disciples, I don't think, is about giving someone a tract. I wish it was that easy. I think it's about giving someone a transfusion. It's about a life transfusion. And it happens day in, day out, deed in, deed out, word in, word out. That's how it happens. You baptize them. Baptism is about a flow. It's about an immersion. You know, I love the way that we do it here, you know, in the ritual of baptism in, in, in the church, because I think it, it kind of speaks uh, into this a little bit. You know, what happens is a family will bring up an infant, and, and when they bring, they'll pass the baby, and I'll hold the baby in my arms, and I'll ask the parents some questions. And usually, you know, what the, well, not usually, always, <laughs> the way the questions go is you know, it, to the effect of, this child is sacred to you and this child is sacred to God and you're going to raise this child in that love of God in Jesus Christ. Yeah, you believe it, you're going to raise your child in it and you, you know what they always say? Yes, right? That's everybody ever, no, they never ever says no. Everybody always says yes, I believe that about my child. I believe that's what I want to have happen in my home and in my family. Let's go do this. You know, and so I scoop up the water and I pour it on that baby. Uh, and I don't do much for babies, but boy, as you get older, I like water. Um, and so, um, you know, it's kind of, so you, that water flows over. And then when that water flows over, and then I give that baby back to the parents, I say, okay, now what we do is we let that water flow. Now it's the turn of the family and of the home and of us as the church, because we're part of it too, day in, day out. Decision in, decision out, deed in, deed out, word in, word out. You let it flow. You let it flow. You let it flow. So what it does is that it flows on them, begins to shape their life, begins to shape how they understand themselves, begins to shape how they understand the world. World, You know, we have to bring that different vision to people so that they can claim it for themselves. And I think that's what baptizing, baptizing them into that vision begins to mean. And that's the part we begin to play. And so we do that, and we do that in a way that hopefully what happens toward the end of that is they say, you know, that's, I get the picture. You know, I, I get the truth. I'm starting to understand it. And it starts to shape their mindset. And once it starts to shape their mindset, then what you do is you give them the tool set. And the tool set is the teachings. See, if you have the teachings without the vision, I'm not sure exactly what that means. You need the vision and you need the instruction. Because what the instruction, you know, that's the, this is how you're going to put the vision to work. That's what the teachings do. You know, teach them everything I've commanded you because that's how you begin to put everything into play. And so you teach, we teach people information, but it's, it's not just information. 
that's, just, that's a surface level of understanding. What we begin to do is teach people concepts and principles so that they begin to see that these are truths about life. And then you begin to teach people wisdom because what wisdom does is applies the truths and the principles into life. And we teach that by teaching the scriptures because what you see in the scriptures is how people in the past have lived into that vision, God's vision for their lives or perhaps have not lived into that vision of God's vision for their lives. And so, you know, you, you, you teach the young people and the children and one another about how they can take hold of the vision, how they can be equipped, how they can be empowered, and how they can live into that life that God has for them in Jesus Christ. <laughs> So we teach. We teach the scriptures and we teach how to serve. Because, you know, it's one, it's a great thing to have book learning and it's a great thing to have on the job training. <laughs> and so you put young people, you put any person in that position where they begin to act into what God has for them. And as a church, we make that. Possible, we make that available as ministry. That's what ministry is about. And, and so we do that together, and Jesus says, I want you to know that as you do that, as you give the vision, as you give the instruction, as the vision moves into action, I want you to be clear about this one thing that Paul, it's not about you. <laughs> and it's not about you. And it's not about Spring Valley. About God. It's about Jesus. You know, we are the hands and the feet, but He is the Spirit and the truth. He is the life and He is the love. What we do is we serve and Jesus saves. And we're not ultimately responsible for what happens in people's lives. We're just ultimately responsible for what I do with my life and what you do with your life. That's what I'm responsible for. That's what you're responsible for. And Jesus will take care of the rest and how that flows out into the hearts and into the lives of others. He says, I want you to know I'm with you always. Whoever you're with, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you know, as you're seeking to bring forward that vision of the kingdom for the people you're with, I want you to know I'm with you, to be your strength, to be your courage, to be your wisdom, to be what you need in those moments. I am with you, always. I love it, always, to the close of the age. You know, I'm saying, I'm saying the same thing, you know. And so he assures us of that. The vision begins to move to the mission. And, you know, Paula said this, and I'm going to close with this. And one of the things I love, and I'm like you, Paula, children are just great in all this. And here's what I love about children. Children have not yet learned that it's impossible to change the world. They haven't learned that yet. They have not learned yet how hard it is to make a difference. And so they still believe they can. They still believe they can. 
they still believe that what they do can make a difference in the world. There's a, there's a mission group out there. It's called Mission Possible Kids, and they have a little chant, and it goes like this. We're on a mission. Let's change the world. We're on a mission. Let's change the world. And I've been in rooms full of kids, and they chanted it. They believed it. And then what they did was, you know, they went out and they did something that made a difference in the world. And I want to tell you, right here in Spring Valley, we have Mission Possible Kids. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, when our children see somebody that's hungry on a street corner, homeless on a street corner, they have blessing bags. And they're with them in the car, and they roll down the window, and they reach out to grab the blessing bag. They give it to that homeless person. And what that homeless person is sure of in that moment is they've been seen. And that somebody's cared. And I'll tell you, so often, there's so many rolled up windows, and they're invisible. In that moment, our children have been with that person in that moment. There's a little bit of kingdom there, I want to tell you. There's a little bit of kingdom around Valentine's Day when people who are lonely, and perhaps if you're lonely and alone, that can be maybe one of the loneliest days of, uh, of, of all throughout the whole calendar. And what our children do is they, they, they kind of center in on some of our homebound folks who are alone. And you know what they do on Valentine's Day? They visit. Because it's so important that day to let people know you're not forgotten. There's a little bit of kingdom in that. There's a little bit of kingdom when you look at people who are hungry in the world and our kids are going to be selling cookies in a couple of weeks. When they sell cookies, I'm going to let you know there's a whole lot more going on there than our chocolate chip. What's happening there is we're talking about chickens and pigs. We're talking about, uh, you know, about helping a family to feed itself and how we are part of that mission. I want to tell you, friends, we have mission possible kids here at this church. I want to tell you, we are all children of God. We are a mission possible people. And it's a beautiful thing. God prepares us for us by bringing us here. God strengthens us. So that as we go from this place, we can have the vision. You can share the vision in any way that God gives you to share it. With any person God gives you to share it with. In a way that you just start to let it flow. You baptize them. And you help them to understand what it means for their lives. You teach them. And you do it in the trust. You trust them to God. You trust yourself to God. You do it trusting, hey, Jesus is at work in this. And there's a little bit of kingdom coming forward in this. And I know that. And you know that. Because Jesus has said to me and said to you, I want you to go. I want you to go. And I want you to make a disciple. I want you to make a difference. Make a disciple. Baptize them in the vision. Teach them about the vision for their lives. And trust, I'm with you always to the close of the age.